happy Thanksgiving to everybody. So good to gather on the eve of our uh, nation's uh, celebration of Thanksgiving and to be together um, in this time to give thanks to our Lord. Um, by way of welcome, just uh, good to have all of you here tonight. I hope that on your way in you, uh, you picked up one of these bulletins. The vast majority of our call and response is found there. And so I'll I think we just jump right in. We'll invite you to uh, grab those uh, bulletins. And uh, let's stand as we begin with our call to worship from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with a song. Know that the Lord is God, our maker to whom we belong. Enter the gates of the Lord with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Thanks and bless God's holy name. Good indeed is the Lord whose steadfast love is everlasting. Whose faithfulness endures from age to age. Our gathering hymn number 693. Thank you. 
prayer of the day. You'll find that in your bulletins. Almighty God, our Father, your generous goodness comes to us new every day. By the work of your Spirit, lead us to acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated.
reading from the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters, welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vine and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord our God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions, he made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know, to humble you and to test you and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. A reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The gospel tonight is from John chapter 14, 1 through 6, and 23 through 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Holy 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Word of God, word of life. You may be seated, sorry. I'm nervous tonight. I can stand up here 20 some weeks out of the year and be very comfortable preaching a sermon, uh, but there's something about filling up this time with my own story uh, that gives it a different flavor tonight. And so I've been anxious for weeks. You can ask Ilana and Jill and Pastor Nate. And to all of you who have stepped into this space to share your stories, I get it now, and I stand on your courage tonight. In the spring of 2002, when I was 17, my dad moved out. It was St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I was already scheduled to attend a youth retreat. My parents had been seeing a counselor for a few months, but I didn't think this was coming. I was the babysitter on those nights. Uh, I have three biological siblings, all younger than me, and I remember asking my mom where she and my dad went every Monday evening. She said they were seeing a counselor to help them get their heads screwed on straight. Uh, but then that following Thursday, we were called together for a family meeting. And we never had family meetings, and so we already knew that something strange was going on. And as it turned out, they had not just been going to counseling, they had been going to marriage counseling and decided together with that counselor that they could not stay married anymore. And my dad would be moving out. I was shocked. Uh, and I will never, ever forget the wail that rose up out of my seven-year-old little sister. I went to school in a fog the next day, and I distracted myself with getting ready to leave on this retreat with our new youth director. My parents told me that I didn't have to go if I didn't want to, but I insisted. And I left for the retreat knowing that I would return home and that my dad wouldn't live with us anymore. And honestly, I don't regret that decision for a second. I am so thankful that I do not carry the memory of watching my dad leave our house. I've told you a few times about Martha, the new youth director, who that evening wrapped me in her arms as I sobbed during worship. And I came home to a new normal of doing life, almost the same as usual, but also completely different at the same time. I already was the main babysitter, being the oldest, but I had to take on a lot of new responsibility. Not only did I continue those babysitting duties, but I was also cooking dinner many nights because my mom worked an hour away. And I also would put my littlest siblings to bed when I got home from my dance classes. They were 10 and 7. And as this unfolded, I felt out of place and unmoored. I didn't know where I belonged anymore. I remember my friends complaining because I started acting too much like a mom, but that's because I was acting like a mom, taking care of my siblings while my parents were lost in their own grief and confusion. 
My home felt strange because my dad didn't live there anymore. When I didn't have to be home to babysit, I would drive all over the place, eventually ending up at either the dance studio or the church, two places where I had strong community. When I was at church, sometimes I would hang out with Martha, my youth director, and sometimes I would just sit in the sanctuary, and God bless Martha for letting me tag along. I'm sure she had like really important things to do, but she let me just sit there with her. I felt at home at church and in the sanctuary. I'll never forget, at around 4 o'clock, so we have, there are two stained glass windows on either side, like uh, where the walls are here, on the either side of the Raridos. And uh, at just the right time in the evening, the sun sets behind them and everything glows. That was my favorite time to sit in that sanctuary. Uh, I felt at home there. I felt safe there. I felt peaceful there. I went off to Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois, and that first Thanksgiving, I came home to a new house. The new house was smaller than the one we had lived in, and I no longer had my own room. Instead, I had to share with my sister. And then there was some other news. My mom sat me down that very first night at home, and she told me that she had been seeing somebody. She had a new, a new boyfriend, he was a man from our church, and in fact, it was the dad of a family that I had babysat in junior high and high school. His wife had died a few years previous. And in fact, they'd been dating for a few weeks, but they weren't just dating, they were engaged. Uh, I, I choked on my water, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I just stared at her for a long, long time. It was a whirlwind of adjusting to this news. There was lots of celebration, but there was also a lot of grief. And in the midst of all of this, my dad, whom we didn't see very often, uh, made a series of poor choices that led me to stop contact with him for over a year. My mom and my stepdad got married the following spring, and we moved again. All of this in the same town where I grew up. Um, and once again, the new house didn't have a room for me. In the midst of all of this, I was also trying to discern if I was still going to pursue medical school or go to seminary. Augustana had a thriving campus ministry program and I jumped in with both feet. Through this community, I was able to find conversation partners to encourage me in my decision making and help me to hear God's call to ministry. The biggest piece of this was Wednesday evening chapel. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m., students gather for a time of hearing the word, exuberant sharing of the peace. It was a small enough group that you could get to everybody, and there were hugs and high fives, and uh, it was joyful during that time. Then we shared Holy Communion together. And there was a long stretch of quiet, contemplative prayer. And during that time of prayer, we were invited to find a place in the chapel that was comfortable. We could stay in our pew, we could go up to the communion rail, or we could even climb the steps into the chancel, this area around the altar. And I was always drawn to the chancel, go figure. And I would find a votive candle that had been set up around, imagine up here, full of those votives, 
uh, that we use on All Saints Day. And I would sit by one, cup it in my hands, and I would focus on that flame, pouring my heart out to God, offering all the hurt and the pain and the confusion and the sadness. And I left many Wednesday evenings with tear stains on my cheeks. And I wasn't the only student to do so. That Wednesday evening chapel became my room, so to speak, my home base, that place where God's presence felt near, bringing peace, and for that time, at least, calming my fears and my anxieties. And I was confident that I could find that home base because my home congregation had provided that too. I'm thankful for that space, that feeling of home in church. My family is, is still messy. My mom and stepdad separated for a while and then got back together and we moved again and then again. Uh, my dad and I forgave one another and have reconnected and have a, a wonderful thriving relationship. Now many of you have met him. He's been here a, a time or two. Recently, I guess it's been a few years now, one of my brothers uh, suffered a significant mental health crisis and was unhoused for a season. We didn't know where he was. Uh, he has since recovered and is also thriving. My second brother and his girlfriend faced an unplanned pregnancy. My youngest sister has faced two unplanned pregnancies, with one of them ending with her placing the child for adoption. And home keeps changing too. I've lived in Arizona and Iowa and now here in Wadena in very fancy apartments with pools and hot tubs to our own lovely single family house. But through all the ups and downs, the mountains and valleys, my truest home has been in Christ and at the communion table. It's there that I know how deeply I'm loved and cared for, even when everything else is unsure. It's the stability in the midst of chaos. And that's why, as so many of you have commented, I carefully choose my words to invite everyone to the communion table. It's why I make it abundantly clear that every single person is welcome, because I found my home through those gifts of communion and prayer, and I want that for every person who worships with us, to know that same feeling of coming home, of being safe, and of being loved. So now I have to preach a little bit because I can't help myself when I stand up here. That's why we read the verses from John tonight where Jesus talks about the many rooms in his father's house. Our home bases change and shift and our lives change and shift, but God always has a place prepared for us, a place inhabited by God, a place where Jesus abides with us through everything. There is nothing that we can't experience that Jesus doesn't also know. A place where we are welcomed with open arms and generous love and grace upon grace. Thanks be to God for home.
service continues with uh, the litany. You'll find that printed uh, in your bulletins. You can remain seated for this litany. God, today we are thankful, most of all, for you. Without you, we cannot even breathe. You provide rhythm to our hearts and lives. You are our protector, our guide, our strength, our creator, and our redeemer. We are thankful for your very presence here. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. We are thankful for our nation. We are thankful for our liberties, for our freedoms, and for our opportunities to worship you as guided by your word and compelled by the Holy Spirit. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. We are thankful for the wonderful changing of the seasons and for the bountiful harvests. You care for land and waters. You enrich it abundantly. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. We are thankful for the leadership of our country. Continue to guide our leaders and keep us safe. We are thankful for community services, for community shelters, food banks, nursing homes, police and fire protection, churches, schools, hospitals, and libraries. You are awesome, O God, in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. We are thankful for our local church, our synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and your church around the world. Keep us true and steadfast to your word. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. We are thankful for all who serve in our church, our staff and the council, the altar care team and circles, the Sunday school teachers and confirmation mentors, the ushers and acolytes, Emmanuel Church women and men's group, those who provide music for our worship services, especially sanctuary choir, praise band, accompanists and cantors, those who clean and maintain the property, those who pray and make a difference in our community. 
I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. We are thankful for each other, for our families, and for our homes. We are thankful for the many blessings that you provide for us. Food, shelter, clothing, employment, health, and education. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make us dwell in safety. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. Ever gracious God, we offer the gifts of the harvest, thankful for the abundance that is ours. Empower us to share generously all that you have given us. Grant us such faith that we might offer help to the vulnerable, hope to the distressed, and resources to the needy. We pray in the name of the living Christ. Amen. We sing together hymn 807 as we gather our offerings of quilts, kits, food, and money. Just to note, the offering that we receive tonight will benefit our Good Samaritan Fund.
I'll invite you to stand. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, maker of all things, you have blessed us with so many gifts. Now we offer to you the fruits of our labors, our gifts of money, food, quilts, kits, and all the labors of our hands. We dedicate these things to your service, trusting that your love will go wherever this food, this money, these quilts and kits are sent, making each item we have offered into an expression of love. There is no way for us to imagine the power and effect an act of love can have on a person's life. How you can use something as small as a can of food, a modest gift of money, a quilt, a baby care kit, a school kit, to radiate your love from us to the world. May these be used in your service and become blessings for all those who receive them. Lord, we know that all we possess comes from your loving hand. Give us grace to honor you with all our being. Draw our hearts to you, guide our minds, fill our imaginations, control our wills, so that we may be wholly yours. Use us as you will, always to the glory and the welfare of your people. Amen. We pray together as Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn number 840. And we hope after worship you will join us for some pie in the fellowship. 